0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Northboro Church of Christ YouTube channel. I am on my front porch uh, this time and um, wanted to just encourage uh, all of us who are Christians to remember that we have one king, and he is called the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in 1 Timothy 5 and Revelation 19. He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and in Genesis 49, where we find ourselves in our series we see Jacob and he's on his deathbed and he wants to bless his sons. And so he calls them all near to him and he goes through uh, each son and he starts with Reuben ends with Joseph and in between we have Judah and Judah is blessed with this tremendous blessing. This, this prophecy that the scepter shall not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. And we're going to look into that a little bit today we're going to look into the prophecy of jacob given to judah and in genesis 49 let's read the text there starting in verse 1 then jacob summoned his sons and said assemble yourselves that all may tell you that i may tell you what will befall you in the days to come gather together and hear O sons of jacob and listen to israel your father reuben you're my firstborn my might in the beginning of my strength Preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power. Uncontrolled as water, you shall not have preeminence because you went up to your father's bed. Then you defiled it. He went up to my couch. and (laughs) Reuben is getting a history lesson on his actions. And, And you can read through the earlier chapters of Genesis and see what Reuben did. He defiled, he committed incest, really. And that really forbade him from having preeminence, from having the birthright. He was the firstborn. And then in verse 5, is, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords are implements of violence. Let my soul not enter into their counsel. Let not my glory be united with their assembly, because in their anger they slew the men, and in their self-will they lamed oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce in their wrath. For it is cruel. I will disperse them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. And you can recall the history of Simeon and Levi. When what they did after their sister Dinah was basically raped. Uh, they went into the city and slaughtered all the, the whole village. And because of that, it says here, Jacob says that cursed be their anger. And then we get to Judah in verse 8. Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down to you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He couches, he lies down as a lion. And as a lion, who dares rouse him up? In verse 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between, between his feet until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. The scepter shall not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes, and there's some um, different opinions about what Shiloh means, and I go and I'm persuaded to believe through scripture and through through old old historical writings that Shiloh means the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. And we know from other passages in the New Testament that Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah, specifically in Revelation chapter 5. The question that we'd like to answer and I'd like to challenge you with today is, are you like the Jews in Jesus' time? the The religious leaders and some of the other Jews that were living in the time of Christ, when Jesus was presented before Pilate, they said, "We have no king but Caesar. Is that you? Do you have no king but the worldly kings of this life? Does your king sit in the White House?" No matter who is sitting in the White House, does your king sit there or do you have the king of kings and Lord of lords as your king? And I'd like to point to you today to the fact that Jesus has the scepter. The prophecy says that the scepter shall not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. Does Jesus have the scepter? And what is a scepter? I'd like to point to you to the truth that Jesus is the uh, tri- from the tribe of Judah. And then finally, like, finally, I'd like to point to you to the truth that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I pray that you can answer the question I've asked you, that you have no king but Jesus. So let's begin in... Uh, Matthew chapter 1. Is Jesus from the tribe of Judah? Could he be the Shiloh that's referenced, that's prophesied by Jacob in Genesis 49? Starting in verse 1 of Matthew 1, the record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Right there, it tells us that he's from the tribe of Judah because David was from the tribe of Judah. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. And then it goes through the lineage of Judah. And then we get to uh, David the king. It talks about Boaz and Rahab and Obed, Jesse, Solomon. And then we get all the way down to verse <clears throat> excuse me 16 in Matthew 1. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom Jesus was born, who was called the Messiah. Matthew lays out the genealogy of Jesus, and he traces it from the tribe of Judah. He traces it all the way back to Abraham, but then Abraham's one of Abraham's offspring, Jacob's offspring, Judah. We also have it in Luke 3, it's recorded for us there too, but I want to focus our attention on Revelation 5, and this is a passage I brought up. Um, And so we we get to the point of uh, the book of Revelation where these uh, seals are needing to be opened, and no one is found worthy to open the seals except one, and we're going to start reading in verse 1 of Revelation chapter 5. I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book, written inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. Then I began to weep greatly, because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. Now, how do we know it's Jesus? The lion from the tribe of Judah doesn't specifically say. Let's keep reading. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. When he had taken the book, the four living living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying... Worthy are you to take the book and break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. The Lamb, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, is worthy to open the book and the seven seals. It was the Lamb, as if slain, who is worthy of praise. Jesus. jesus from the tribe of judah and this prophecy would take hundreds of years to come to its fruition wouldn't it we see the germ of the nation of israel forming in genesis in egypt and we see the, the the kingdom would be established eventually after they leave the exodus and they are conquering these other tribes in Canaan. And eventually Saul becomes king. And then David. And the promise is made to David that he should have an everlasting kingdom. That one of his descendants to sit on his throne forever. Jesus, the lion, the tribe of Judah. And also in Hebrews chapter 7, the writer of Hebrews says this in verse 14. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah. He's talking about Jesus. And he's talking about how Jesus is a priest. And the fact that A priest coming from the tribe tribe of Judah was not according to the law. Priests had to come from what tribe? Levi. But Jesus is a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And he came from the tribe of Judah. And the Hebrew writer is trying to establish that if there's a change of a priesthood, then there's a change of the law as well. And Jesus is evident that he is from the tribe of Judah. Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. He is that Shiloh. He is the one to whom it belongs. He is the one to whom the peace will come. He is the one who holds that scepter. And what is a scepter? Just what is a scepter? In plenty of other scriptures in the Bible, we see that the scepter was held by those of royalty. If you recall in the book of Esther, Esther was hesitant, as Esther chapter 4, to go before the king. Because Haman had made a vow that he was going to destroy the Jews and he got permission from Xerxes. And Esther, she was hesitant to come before the king because she knew that there was a decree that was said that anybody comes before the king without being invited that they were to die. Except when Esther came, what did the king do? It says that he held out the golden scepter to her, which gave her permission to come before him. He had a scepter, the king. There's other passages in Scripture. If we look at Isaiah 14 and verse 5, Isaiah 14 says this, The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of rulers. And so Isaiah is prophesying that God is going to come and overtake all these kings that have come, and he's going to break off the scepter, the scepter of rulers. Also in Amos 1 8, I will cut off the ruler from Ashdod and him who wields the scepter from Ashkelon. Talking about those who are ruling. Ezekiel 19 14. And fire has gone out from its branch, it has consumed its shoots and fruit, so that there is not in it a strong branch, a scepter to rule. Again, he's talking about the princes of Israel who have been taken into captive into Egypt and by the king of Babylon. Scepters are associated with rulers. Does Jesus have the scepter that's mentioned in Genesis 49 and verse 10? The scepter shall not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. Is he a king? In Psalm 45, Psalm 45, Let's see, verse 6. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of uprightness or righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy above your fellows. We see the fulfillment of this prophecy in Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter, excuse me, Hebrews 1, verse 8. Hebrews 1, verse 8. God is comparing Jesus Christ, his son, to the angels. And the fulfillment of what we just read is found in Hebrews 1, and verse 8. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sounds like Psalm 45. And the righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your companions. And he's talking about Jesus Christ. Does Jesus have a scepter? Yes, he does. He is the ruler. He is now seated at the right hand of the father, seated in the throne of David. And he is a king. But in John 19, Jesus is before Pilate. And Pilate then took Jesus and scourged him. In verse 1 and verse 2, And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and put a purple robe on him. And they began to come up to him and say, Hail, king of the Jews, in a mocking way, and to give him slaps in the face. Pilate came out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you so that you may know that I find no guilt in him. Jesus then came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. So when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify, crucify. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered, We have a law. And by that law, he ought to die because he made himself out to be the son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. And he entered into the praetorium again and said to Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, you do not speak to me. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and I have authority to crucify you? And Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus answered. You would have no authority over me unless it had been given you from above. For this reason, he who believed me, who delivered me to you, has the greater sin. As a result of this, Pilate made efforts to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself out to be a king opposes Caesar. In Luke 23, we also see Jesus before Pilate. And Pilate asks him, are you a king? And Jesus says, it is as you say. In Luke 23, 1 through 3. The Jews also are mockingly saying to Pilate, he's made himself out to be a king. And if you're for him, then you're opposed to Caesar. Because anyone who makes himself out as a king opposes the king, Caesar. Caesar. In verse 13, therefore, when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement. But in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now, it was the day of preparation for the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, behold, your king. Now Pilate's in on the act. Behold, your king. And whether or not Pilate exactly knew what he was saying, he was saying something that was true. So they cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? And the chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. A great prophecy is found in Genesis 49 with regards to Judah. Jacob tells Judah that the scepter shall not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. Jesus is that Shiloh that was to come. Jesus is that one who holds that scepter, that staff of authority, that kings held in the Old Testament, that Jesus holds permanently forever and ever. Jesus Christ admitted to Pilate that he was a king. The Jews mockingly said, and he, We have no king but Caesar. And the Jews who were there, the chief priests who said that, couldn't see that Jesus was bringing about a new type of kingdom a kingdom of peace, a kingdom of rest, a kingdom of triumph over sin and they were blinded to it. Friend, are you like the chief priests? Do you have no king but the earthly kings that come and go? Have you wrapped your future hope in the hopes of the kings of this world and this country? You say, well, America doesn't have any kings. I think you know what I mean. Or are you like the chief priests and they say that we have no king? Are you your own king? May we be reminded to remember that Jesus is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. One day, as it says in Philippians chapter 2, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You think about what it means to be king of kings and Lord of lords. You take all the lords who have ever existed, whether by name or occupation or uh, royalty, however they found themselves in that position. All the lords who've ever lived and he, Jesus Christ, is the Lord of all those lords. Or every king that's ever existed and ever will exist. He is the king of all those kings. The lion, the tribe of Judah. The ruler and possessor of that scepter. Wants to be your king. And you can either choose to bow and humble yourself before the king of kings and lord of lords now or all of us will someday. We will bow the knee to him. And friend, my prayer is that you choose to make him king and Lord of your life now. And brothers and sisters in Christ, if you've already made him king, then you understand what type of kingdom you are in and what a beautiful thing it is, amen. I pray that you are encouraged by this brief, short little message. And we could have gotten into some other, some of the other uh, things concerning the prophecies and the blessings that Jacob gave his sons. But I'd like to focus on that one because that is a real important prophecy. And we see the germ of the nation of Israel beginning in Egypt. and the prophecy given to Judah, we see it being fulfilled in the King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And what a blessing it is that Jacob gave not just Judah, but us. And thank God for Jesus that he was willing to be that sacrificial lamb, pure and blameless before God, to offer up himself as a sacrifice for our sins. I pray that you are encouraged and challenged. To say that I have a king, and there's only one king, and it's not Caesar, it's not Biden, it's not any other president to come, or any other dictator to come, or any other king in any other land. The king of kings is my king. And I gladly submit to his rulership. God bless you.